0: So I think this is the beginning of our live podcast event, so...
1: Cue the music.
2: Cue. (laughs) (laughs) This
1: week on The Sport Blokes, NBL Podcast Live.
3: This week, a special collaboration as we link up with the Pocket Podcast Boys, Nick Tan the Superfan, and Adam Westerhout to discuss the state of the NBL in the lead-up to finals, and our special guest is player agent Solomon Detch. Check the description. Let's go.
4: It's 6.39pm on Tuesday, the 31st of January, 2023. But we won't be talking too much today, will we, Stewie? Because we've got a very special episode this week, don't we?
5: Alrighty, listeners, you've got past the starting music, but have you listened to part one yet? If not, please tune in to our friends at the NBL Pocket Podcast, available on all your usual podcast players. Once you've done that, then come back here for part two.
3: We really do. First thing I do want to say, though, how bloody quick did January go by? Oh, I know, right? Jeez. sure, blink did.
4: and it's gone. Yeah. And it's,
3: yeah. Every month goes quicker and quicker. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you're not kidding. <laughs> but, but you're right, though, mate. Not much talking today. We've got a lot, of, a lot of really cool stuff to get to today.
4: So hopefully by now you've already listened to part one. You've had enough warning, I would have thought. But if you haven't listened to part one yet, please do check out the MBL Pocket podcast. We've put links in the description. We've put a bunch of links in the description, and I guess it's probably an opportunity to also welcome any new listeners who may have not checked us out before. Thanks for for jumping on for part two and migrating across from the NBL Pocket Podcast. We are big basketball fans, aren't we, Stewie? So probably the bulk of our stuff is basketball with a bit of cricket and footy as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously it depends on the time of the year. Certainly during NBL and NBA season, we'll talk quite heavily about it, but There are times of the year when there is no basketball for us to talk about, so we'll just natter away over cricket matters or footy or cupboardy or whatever happens to be on at the time.
4: (laughs) A big year in cricket with the Ashes and the World Cup, of course. But for those that are basketball fans, please check the description. We've put in a bunch of links to episodes or, or references to episodes that you might be interested in. Most recently, we're really proud of our interview with Bo Estes, but we've done stuff with Alex Loughton, Cody Ellis, Pete Hawley, Brad Rosen. We've done some NBA redrafts, choke specials, collaborations with our friends, the Throwback Hoops, and what you're about to listen to now, part two of our collaboration with the NBL Pocket Podcast lads and superfan Nick Tan. And geez, it was a lot of fun, wasn't it, mate?
3: No, just, just quickly, mate, just quickly, before we go there, I just have one thing I wanted to bring up from this whole event. Okay. We didn't actually talk about this. How stupidly good were the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers jerseys?
4: That was a lovely initiative, and good to see a couple of Wildcats players wearing the socks as well. I saw Trav was wearing them, for example.
3: Yeah, I just didn't think we'd actually mention that during the entire recording, and I thought, you know what? Props to Tassie. They do things a little bit differently down there, but they do it so, so well.
4: Yes, no, good point. I must confess, I completely forgot about that. Completely forgot about that. But anyway, so we won't dwell too much more now, but a big thank you to Andrew here in Perth and also Joe over East, uh the MBL Pocket Podcast guys. Big thanks to Nick Tan. Big thanks to Adam Westerhout, Full Court Fitness. Check it out. The Backlot Perth, what a venue, hey, Stewie. People should be absolutely booking that place because it's fantastic.
3: Oh, spectacular. I had nothing to do with the organisation of it because I was away for work and came back, took one look at it and was like, holy shit, they have nailed
4: this. This is so cool. So a big thanks to all of those. And a big, big thanks, of course, also to Solomon Detch. So you'll hear him in just a moment. But yeah, there was some great stuff. Interesting to hear the... uh, Well, we had a bit of a, I guess, an NBL focus group of sorts, albeit in Perth. And I must admit, we did fall into our little habit of being Perth fans. And we referred to the Wildcats as we every time. So apologies for that. We tried to get out of that one. But when you're in a room full of Perth fans plus one Brisbane fan, shout out to Tanya. Yeah, it's it's tricky, isn't it, not to kind of fall into that habit. So we do apologise for saying we, and we hope it wasn't too wildcat centric But given the Wildcats lost, I think the non-Wildcats fans can probably enjoy the schadenfreude of us all lamenting the fact that the playoff hopes for the Cats are well and truly on, on a knife's edge.
3: I can almost hear Paul Smith smiling from the other side of the country. <laughs>
4: But yes, it was interesting to hear about the love for Costco the hate for Chase Buford, the politics of the MVP, the resounding note for current players commentating, all sorts of stuff. The straw polls are interesting as well. So please sit back, relax and enjoy part two of NBL Podcast Live.
3: Or if you're that way inclined and you're on a treadmill, stand up and listen.
4: <laughs> Touche. Now we have a very special guest. Very uh, special. I, I might allow Nick to do the
1: honors. Wow. Yeah, so our special guest, uh, Solomon Detch. you like to oh, come?
2: Please, round of applause please.
6: for yeah. Solomon. Yeah. i in life.
1: <laughs> so Solomon is a player agent. So that best describe your role? Yeah. I guess you could, yeah, player yeah. agent. And also brother of Sunday? Yeah. yeah. All right, so welcome to the podcast. Thank Great to have you. you here. Thanks for yeah. your time. I guess the first question
6: uh, would be, can you just describe what you do and what, what does a player agent do? I mean, it's, it's a little bit hard to describe exactly what we do, because when you Google it up, it's like, you know, we deal with contract negotiation, uh, marketing in the bigger market in terms of NBA, Europe and things like that, but essentially you become whatever the players need and also it's demographic of the age group that you represent to the younger guys nineteen twenty-year-old you're more of like a big brother slash guardians type of thing to the older guys you're more of an advisor because those guys are sort of gearing up towards retirement so outside of the typical contract negotiation you know um, helping them and placing them in the right situation in the off-season, you just fall into whatever that particular player need or each player I mean the group of players need so but yeah and we're, we negotiate contract as well as advise and place them in the right situation in the off-season to get better for next year or just putting them in the right situation for the uh, longevity of their career. So,
4: Solomon, was it as simple as the fact that you had a sibling or a family member involved that you wanted to get into it? Or, or how did you get into it? What made you want to become a player agent?
6: Well, I used to play. Not to that level, but I used to play. And it's, um, it was just weird because a lot of people used to say, you know, all your, all your mates are going to... Colleges, some of them going professionally, you should be a manager. And I'm like, you know, I used to look them off and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: On our, on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah Sorry.
6: <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm still young, yeah, I still want to play and stuff like that. To the point where one of my close friends, who's um, actually a physio for the Warriors now, set me up to do an internship with an agency that I'm not going to mention because, you know, we're competitors now. And then, um, I didn't want to take it up first and then eventually I started reaching out to them. I'm like, you know, I want to do this once a week, um, but they never responded back to me. So, But to answer your question, it was just more of my own interest. I used to play and I wanted to still be around the game, but be involved in the business end, and how it actually works. Like, you know, why is XYZ signing three year What does that involve? And, you know, why is he signing three year rather than a one year? And, you know, it's, I, wanted, I was very intrigued, you know, and just understanding how the background stuff works.
0: So my, my only exposure really to agents has basically been Jerry Maguire and that TV show that The Rock's in. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, so, so is, there, is, is that the life you're leading? Like, are you... <laughs> <laughs> so is
6: it... no, no, no. no. <laughs> so it's no, not nearly no. as glamorous? Nah, no, I mean, you know, you have your moments. I think people, when they see you sitting on courtside, like, you know, kids and some of your friends are like oh you made it man this is crazy but i'm like not really like i'm here working I'm, I'm stressing I'm, i'm sitting here but mentally i'm working so it's not it is fun don't get me wrong you're around the game you sit courtside you meet with the players To an average person it's like that's the coolest thing but to me i'm just i see them as everyday person we chat have family let's go get lunch or whatever it is so it's not it's not what the tv shows you <laughs>
0: Once again, let us, <laughs> let us stray by TV. Have a look
6: the
0: Joe, you got, you got anything you wanted to fire away?
5: What, what, what percentage cut do you take, Sol? <laughs> <laughs>
6: NBA or FIBA?
5: Uh, both. Actually, my question is about the FIBA license. So, How do you go about getting an agent license, or do you need one in the first
6: place? You do for um, the NBL, uh, but for NBL, you don't need do a license. I mean, MBO one, sorry, you don't need a license. Yeah, right. But for the NBL, so they take it in different locations once a year, um, and you've got to register to take it. So you pass it, then yeah, cool, you've got to pay a fee of like $2,000. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, you fail it, then you just got to wait around till next year. But you can sort of work with other agents. So if you've got clients or players that trust you to sort of do their contracts and things like that you could just put somebody else's um, license on it as obviously they've got to be aware of it because their name goes on that contract and that if there is ever a clearance letter it'll go to them.
5: Right so you can be under the umbrella of another agency and use their license that's interesting. Yeah
6: yeah. Oh cool
5: yeah and then the next question I have is like signing a client do you find that you is it easier to retain a customer and get a new one are you out scoping kids as young as 15, 16 to sign? Or do you find that, you know, chatting through NBL locker rooms, you get guys jumping over to your agency in their 20s or 30s, let's say? How do you, how do you get clients?
6: Well, it's more relationship-based. You've got to sort of build a relationship with the player, um, watch them and see whether they're going to go pro. And if they trust you to obviously help them in the long run, then, yeah, obviously you, they'll end up signing with you and things like that. But yeah, you do start as early as 15, 16, because once they hit 18, that's when they, when, when you could usually tell whether they're gonna be pros or not. And by that time, like if they blow up, and you know their whole marketing comes in of like being a next style of being X, Y, Z. You have NBA, not NBA, but agents in general just beyond the door stuff throwing money at, at them, at their parents and whatnot. So there is that side of it, but there's also the other side of guys that are already professional not happy with their current representative and they'll sort of they have teammate that you represent or they are like, oh, you know, what's what's your situation like and whatnot, uh, you know, I'm not happy with my guy I haven't spoken to him in six months. Um, you know, what's your situation like? And then just through conversation and mutual friends, that usually happens. Alternatively, some of the kids that are very naive that not you know not in a bad way, but just don't really understand that, they'll reach out to people they know and then, you know, if you've got a good relationship with that person Sort of refer you to to their kid and you have a conversation with them and their parents. We got a question from Adam.
4: So, like, like depending on what you can say, (laughs) before the season started, there was rumours of James Ennis going to Adelaide. Are there any other names you can maybe share that were on the
6: cards? I mean, the season's almost done, so I don't think anybody can care about it. Yeah,
4: but like, just as like the, the, like, because often imports come in and you have no idea who these guys are, but were there
1: any? like other
6: big names, or names I mean yeah I think there were talks of obviously James Ennis conversation about Maker. Um, a few a few older NBA NBA vets Mario Chalmers was in the conversation Michael Beasley was being shocked around a little bit um, you know but it just sort of didn't eventuate into anything
4: I might hone in on that actually so obviously we've seen Dwight Howard go to Asia and we've seen a few more ex-NBA players kind of start to maybe go further afield do you think we'll start to see some of those old NBA vets in the NBL and the other question following up from that is is there a thirst for those sort of players or are they deemed too old and would teams rather have younger guys in their early 20s or mid-20s for example
6: man in any industry you always rather have younger guys if you can but definitely for marketing purposes those guys would be really good for the league and I think that could bring you know still add some value regardless of how old they are because playing 82 games compared to what 28 games is that could uh, produce at a higher level in a short period of time so I think we can see that happening in the future but financially the NBA just got to be at a different level to where it's at right now
5: uh, Working with the NBL when you're negotiating contracts with them are you primarily dealing with a head coach of a team or uh, or is there a, or they I suppose their general manager
6: Well each team is different like certain teams sort of allow the coach to deal with you, whereas most teams will sort of, you deal with the GM or you deal with the CEO, um, where the coach is like, I want this player, make it happen, you know, however you, however you could do it. Where some coaches wanna deal with you the whole way, because they wanna build that relationship and have a proper understanding where they're coming from in regards to how your player will be used on that particular team.
5: What would be the split Would most NBL teams you know, would, of the 10 teams? Would uh, would five of them be like you're dealing predominantly with the head coach or, or a bit more? I
6: would say less than five you're dealing with a head coach. So, yeah, predominantly you're dealing with a GM or the CEOs. Depends which week for
2: Brisbane. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> which Lamar
4: Patterson's top.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Did you have something there, Joe? I would say, do you have a preference? Like a head coaches are they more... I'll be, I'll be blunt. Are they more willing to – are they good negotiators? Are they more willing to pay more or is the GM more money conscious or is there a difference between the two that you've found or a preference?
6: I think it usually just depends on the type of player that you're bringing in. Like for the younger guys, you know, it's almost – you don't really mind regarding the payment. It's more about the situation that's going to help them yeah. in the long run. Um, whether you're dealing with a coach or GM, you want to put them in a situation that's going to help them – in the next couple of years that's going to give you know longevity in their career but guys that are experienced that I have a bigger resume then I guess you don't care who you deal with as long as you know they've got to get um, their value worth. So obviously if,
4: it's not every day of the week you have an MBL agent sitting in front of you. Does anyone have any questions for Solomon that they wanted to ask?
2: Yeah? Yeah I don't know if it's too personal too much business or private. Uh, which MBL players are you representing?
6: Oh uh, that's not a problem. I've got eight guys in the league right now. Sunday obviously being the most obvious one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. David O'Quara, uh, Manga Mutian, Junior Muddon, Ben Air, Owen Foxwell, Hiram Harris, and then beyond. And then got, yeah, a couple guys overseas. Didn't get JLA? No, I didn't get JLA. It's a big time. There's a great friend of mine that we grew up together, known for 15 years. So. Is uh, the rumours of Nick K coming back to Perth a reality or is it
1: just a rumour? I would not not. You wouldn't know, you can't say. <laughs> <laughs>
6: I'll, 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 uh... I'll get you his age's number though if you want to speak to him. <laughs> I was going
3: to say actually, the other side of the thing that I was looking at, do you have any maybe up and coming guys that you think we should be keeping an eye out for maybe over the next few years?
6: That's a, not already in the league? Yeah, that's not in the league already yet yeah uh, there are but you know you don't want to say too early because it's not it's not pen to paper yet. yeah it's more like you've got a great relationship with them and i think you know be able to get them um but until then you sort of don't want to say no nothing but certainly i think there will be some guys that will surprise a lot of people um next season guys coming out of colleges or just other guys that are coming from overseas with david clara be a pretty good example of that as an up-and-comer? Yeah, that's come through and broken through. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's a great example. A kid from Perth, um, you know, went to Melbourne to pursue basketball career and obviously worked out for him being in front of Melbourne United and whatnot. So he's a great one to keep an eye on.
1: I've got a question. Yeah. Do you think there's enough Aussie talent to sustain a league expansion?
6: Yeah, there is.
1: So you'd be in support of one, two more teams, something like that?
6: I think a healthy number in this league would be 12 teams. That'll be a very healthy number, and you know you'd be able to sort of bring the college talent guys that are going overseas into Australia. So which two? Hey? <laughs> which, which with the two? Which city? Which yeah. city?
1: Yeah. Is Darwin going to be one or not? Do you think Darwin's going
6: to? I mean, they're in the conversation. Darwin, Canberra. uh yeah. so That's as far as I know. Perth. 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 Perth.
4: We actually had an expansion on our list as a topic of discussion, so we'll get to that in a moment. Solomon does need to head off in a sec though, so if anyone does have any last questions, here's your chance. How
1: does the Perth market compare in terms of players to the rest of Australia? Perth market? Yeah. Like younger player.
6: I think that's changing now. I mean, each coach comes in and they have their system of how they want to run things. Gleason had his era of like you know the young guys just have to wait their turn, and I think Scott Morrison came in for a stint. he wanted to go, get up and down. I think John really and and um, obviously the Wildcat staff are sort of looking at the younger generation now and trying to build build a base here to stop guys going to different states or going overseas like you know because you have a bunch of guys that came from here that if I felt like if they stayed home, Wildcats you know we wouldn't be having this conversation about them losing today yeah.
4: the Wildcats could use David Aquera definitely definitely like yeah. he would be a very nice piece mm. on this team you use
6: Sunday back as well absolutely yeah if you help bring Sunday back we'll take
4: it yeah hey we'll
6: see we'll see what happens
1: <laughs> any other questions yeah watch the
2: maker documentary that came out uh, a year or so ago uh, I, I haven't watched it I haven't oh, seen, haven't seen it. it
6: No, I haven't seen it was I in it because <laughs> 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 well, um, they're, they're from here, they're from Balboa, so I just thought they might have accidentally a captured me <laughs> and <laughs> in right, the back
2: yeah. <laughs> it with, uh, This time in Canada, I think it was, wasn't it, with uh, Smithy? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, movie, I'm,
6: yeah. I haven't seen it. I heard it was good, though, so.
2: Yeah, no, worth a look. What did you make of it? Yeah, I liked it. It was yeah, half a dozen episodes or whatever it was. It dragged out a bit. And, uh, yeah. Ended up in Sydney following year, but it was COVID that sort of... Uh, the spanner
6: in the works and all that. Mm. Fair
2: enough. I was just wondering if you had much to do with the major brothers or the cousins? No, nah, definitely
6: not. I mean, good people, like, again, we all grew up around a similar area, playing the Herb Graham and Morley Rec, in terms of their basketball careers. No, nah, nothing to do with it. Well, please, a round of applause for Solomon, who's yeah. uh, given <coughs> up his time as a courtesy for us.
4: So thank you so much, Solomon, for no, joining us for today. No, thanks like really... I
6: said, I feel like... No, I made it. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I call my mum up and let her
4: know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we really appreciate it, mate. That was some really right. interesting yeah. Yeah. insights. No, thanks for having
6: me, guys. Appreciate it. Really thanks, great.
4: Solomon.
5: Thank you. Thanks,
4: Solomon. So expansion was on our list. We might go further from that. Andrew, did you want to maybe kick us off and yes. tell us your thoughts on expansion?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, I think Solomon made a really good point. I think 12 teams would be ideal. I think um, that w- there's enough talent It it would have a dilution effect to some extent, but I think you do the three imports, you're fine. There's enough talent there to make it work. The question is where to put them. Off the top of my head, like if I had to suddenly chuck a couple of teams down right now, I'd probably say Canberra, and then I would probably say Newcastle potentially, or I may say Perth.
4: So not Darwin, you guys were there for the Blitz and, and Nick, you know, <laughs> subscribe to Nick's channel, he's got some great videos. So it's interesting, you don't think Darwin should be higher on the list?
0: I worry that Darwin's too small to sustain a full season of a sufficient attendance no. to pay the bills. The economics of the league says that you need a crowd of 5,000 people to turn up to, <coughs> to, to maybe pay your way, Yeah, <laughs> otherwise you're going to be, that's a break even. So I don't know how Darwin, obviously a new stadium, but I just don't know if there's enough people that would turn up week in, week out. I could be wrong.
3: Slight counterpoint that I had, as I heard up in the crowd, there is no other major sporting team up there though. So they will have that monopoly, which is interesting. The population's what, around 150,000 at the moment. So 5,000 out of that is a it's a tough ask, mm. um, but yeah. But
4: that's what the NBL's done well. So going into Tassie before the footy got there was a really great move. And I think going into Darwin could be a really good move too. But the question is, is it high enough on the list? Are there, there cities ahead? You were in the Gold Coast recently. Oh, no, I, was gonna work? Work? I
3: was just going to say quickly with Darwin. Uh, condensation issues as well, maybe? The court, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe some issues with the condensation. So, yeah. the, the Gold Coast is a really interesting one. So... It's I, I believe it's the fastest growing economy in in Australia right now. I think a lot of people are leaving the major cities and heading to the Gold Coast. Population sitting at about 720,000 at the moment. So they've got people know Gold Coast is <laughs> a
4: place where teams get to
3: no, shop. No, no, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to <laughs> yeah, <no>, that
1: no. <laughs> I promise you I'm building it's to that. The slow build. It's a Gold
3: Coast anything. So, yeah. I mean, obviously looking at the at the negative side of it first, it is a market that they've tried twice, so they had Originally the Gold Coast Rollers, they had the Cougars for one season and changed the Rollers for seven seasons total, zero playoff appearances, had five seasons as the Blaze, uh, one and four in three playoff appearances, so not really a whole heap of success. You can look at the Gold Coast Suns in the AFL, they have the lowest membership uh, in the entire league, lowest average attendance in the league. Gold Coast Titans in the NRL have the lowest membership numbers as well. So it's not a a place that traditionally does well sporting-wise, it's a place people go to surf and have a bit of fun. It's a shame because they do actually have the population to support it. If they go, or well, if they stay away from Carrara, that's that's the other tricky part. It's a horrible place to get to. If you're staying in Surfers Paradise and you're not driving a car, you're talking an hour on the, on the the trains and the buses to get there. Even It's even 35 minutes from Broad Beach, which is another spot a lot of people stay at. So getting there is not amazing. If they could do something with the Gold Coast Convention Center, that's a, that's a nice area. I don't know if that's feasible with basketball, but that would hold about 6,000 people could be an option. But the other thing I guess, the, the big positive is that if you think about trying to attract imports, one of the great things I guess that we have in Perth is we've got the great beaches, we've got the great laid back lifestyle. They've kind of got that in the Gold Coast as well. So that's probably a good way to attract, you know, the big name imports. I don't know if it's feasible, but that's the other thing. Like I agree entirely. It is where, yeah, franchises go going to die, basically.
4: So I see you're champion at the bit to jump in there, mate. <laughs>
5: <laughs> um, I couldn't tell if you're making the case for or against. I, mean, it's kind of, I think more against for me. Um, no, I mean, I think the only thing you'd look at is if you go, let's have a franchise here for four or five years, get a Clive Palmer to put up the money and just have this thing spectacularly flame out after taking all the money. I don't see it as any redeemable qualities to Gold Coast having a team uh, at all. And I can, as you say, quite rightly, you can point to any of the failures. I, I'm not sure about expansion. Full stop. I mean, there are two teams in the league this year that are so bad, so bad. Uh, the Hawks are just a dead spot in the schedule and, and Brisbane. And I look at the BBL of 2016 when it had good attendances and good uh, money behind it and was building something. And then they kind of expanded it mainly in their schedule, I will admit. But I, I feel like it's actually time for the NBL to consolidate now. And this league should have 10 teams that are every single game you don't know who's going to win. And, and unfortunately, with this league, you always kind of see the same, certainly the same three teams hanging around the top. So as far as places to do it, it's more people to do it as well. You know, at present, three of the major teams are just owned by really rich white guys, uh, Sydney, Melbourne, and Perth, and one of them owns two of them. So finding that fourth person who just wants to swan around the sports team is is not, to me, it's a quick, quick injection of cash, but is it sustainable for an expansion that's genuine? I'm not so sure.
1: How many patrons does the NBL Pocket Podcast need before they can buy a franchise?
5: (laughs) This is a great question. And, you know, I've thought about it. What would be a great like, Mr. Beast, if you're listening, give me the money, let's start a franchise. (laughs) And, And run it and have open trials across the country. Anyone can come and try out and just have this absolute battered bastards of basketball. be amazing. Make it into a TV show. I'm sitting next
4: to a bloke that was once in a dunk comp, so, you know, he might yeah, be... Yeah, uh, the,
0: the knees not quite there anymore, mate,
4: unfortunately.
2: Jerry has to step up
4: a little bit more. <laughs> Straw who supports expansion in the NBL out of interest? Not many hands. It depends where. Yeah, OK. Yeah,
2: I've got a feeling some one or two should go or merge.
4: Very few hands. Does anyone support an extra Perth team if another Perth team came in?
2: Oh,
4: that I could see some merit. Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, clearly Wildcats fans in the audience, there's more hands raised on stage (laughs) than in the audience for that one. I'm coming around to it a little bit
1: myself, but I don't think it's necessary. I think Perth is a one-town team for basketball. I think the best thing about a second Perth team is the possibility of two Perth teams in a grand final. And that would piss off the eastern states.
6: <laughs> yeah,
1: see? We're getting people on board now.
0: <laughs> see, that was one of the things I noticed in Dar- when we went to Darwin um, for the pre-season blitz, which was really fun. Because they didn't have a home team, they kind of just adopted one of the other teams. And sometimes it was kind of biased towards one, but a lot of the time it was a mixed crowd. And it was really fun. It really added to the atmosphere. And I think that's something we always miss in Perth, Except for maybe you know, Eagles and Dockers is where you maybe don't get it. I saw the same thing at the NBL One Grand Final. You had two fan bases like going for their teams. It makes for a fantastic environment. And I think we're, we suffer for just being a monoculture of the Wildcats. And I love the idea of the Wildcats being the, sort of the big, the big guy and then a little underdog team comes up. They play at a redeveloped Challenge Stadium and they go back to that kind of rough and ready Jack Jumpers 2.0. I reckon that would be awesome, and I think it would make a really interesting competition. Start
1: some fights like the Flint Tropics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got the Semi pro reference. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Did it work for your,
1: For your Knockers. Well, well eventually.
4: they well, <laughs> You know, They're sustainable. The, they're not the, the big team out of the two, but they're definitely sustainable, I think. Yeah. So I think that would that would say, but see, footy's much bigger. So footy is going to attract a much bigger share of the pie, and I and I'm not convinced. And what's really interesting is that there was a much bigger thirst for it amongst Wildcats fans at the beginning of the season, yes. <laughs> and when Mo was around, when things weren't quite as good. Whereas now, where we're kind of maybe going to make the play in, there's a little bit less positive thoughts about it. So Let's, it's bloody fickle. <laughs> <laughs> we
3: are, Robert. Can can we make? Is there any sort of case to be made for Canberra? Or Newcastle like Canberra seems like the obvious choice for me outside of Perth but
5: so you're in New South Wales what would, what are your thoughts on Newcastle? Newcastle I like as a destination and also to town on the move and on the grow that you've also got to think about it. like Kessman's going to want to build a stadium and I think that you'd want to be working with people in Newcastle a little bit flashier than Canberra so and you know they've had a team Hunter Pirates most recently if I recall that kind of flamed up. Um Newcastle destination spot I don't like Canberra and I say that only because speak to Buddy Nodge a lot and he's just said no nah, they've done some costings and things and it's just not there's nothing there and then also the other thing is well you gotta look at your local program the Newcastle Falcons and that are still hanging around they still have quite a good connection and I do feel like that NBL one what would be west I suppose is a little bit under no pardon me sorry east it's a little bit underdeveloped. Um, like the NBL One West has got real vibe, and I remember catching it on socials a few times, and Andrew was commentating games. It was a good product. And I never heard anything about the Sydney comp over here. It just doesn't – grassroots basketball is really underdeveloped here, certainly in comparison to Victoria, and even in comparison to WA. So for me, I'm like, oh, Newcastle's there's something to mould there, and Canberra, I just think, is a visiting politician's town. I, I don't see it personally.
3: I'm very intrigued. We've got, we got some negativity for Newcastle at the back.
1: I want to hear more. Go. Geelong yeah super, bring about the supercats no, nobody wants to go to Geelong <laughs> I think Geelong are a footy fortress no, and I think,
2: I
4: think the DNA of Geelong is a footy team I think So what? what but you you're mean? right Newcastle has failed a couple of times yeah, like, yeah. Like, and they,
2: they dismally failed with the pirates and that was meant to be the be all and end all of re jigging it and if, you, if
3: you're if going with that or I mean I know Geelong will dance in stadium and all that kind of stuff but at least at least there's
4: get Dante Exum back to play for his old man's old team.
0: Yeah.
4: Might well, <laughs> dunk on Andrew Gaze <laughs> <guys> again.
3: <laughs> so we
4: thought we'd kind of wrap up with revisiting early season predictions and the road ahead and looking at the playoff scenarios. I see it's half time in Sydney and South East Melbourne, so I have a feeling we might be able to get the end of that game on, and it's pretty close as well. It's five points at the moment. How heavily did your predictions come to fruition? I know we're still not at the end yet, but how are you feeling about your early
0: season prognostications, um, boys? Tanya? Your team was meant Sorry, to be... Sorry,
1: I'm laughing very loudly. Your
0: team was actually, meant to be good. I never <laughs> predicted that the
1: Bulls would be in the top four and I'm one
0: of their biggest fans. <laughs> right? I don't know Andrew. what you were on. I don't so,
1: know what I
5: was on. <laughs> <laughs> it went badly for my predictions. I, uh, I'm i going to jump in here quickly. I feel good about... I knew Brisbane were going to be bad. I knew it from day one. I was banging that drum loud and hard. I thought they were going to finish bottom. I put a bet on that. It hasn't come true. I didn't count on Illawarra being a dead spot on the on the ladder again. Um, and then the other one is Melbourne United I think they have Or if they win this next game against Adelaide Which I think they will They're going to hit their over And they were my two locks So I'm sitting 50-50 Feeling good How about you guys? Do you guys
3: make some Yeah look I mean I think Like many people I, I drank the Adelaide Kool-Aid from, from day one And that uh, that was a, a very big pfft, that one. But no look I mean obviously Sydney was a lock I don't think anyone saw Sydney falling out They've been as good as we thought they were didn't see New Zealand bouncing back as well I think a lot of people had Cairns maybe just over rather than mm. like 10 games over there over so that was ridiculous yeah I mean it's kind of 50-50 in the top four but as we say at the start of the season it's a fool's errand
4: it really is because there were only three imports that remained from last season yeah. <laughs> three. That's
2: total For the that's, whole league. that's total
4: And one of them is Bryce Cotton Who's pretty established And another one is Tyler Harvey Who's now getting more and more established too He's been around a fair while now too Sorry four, you're right Four, four. Majet and McCall, McCall Sorry yeah. four, not three Yeah mm-hmm, four yeah. So it is it's, so, it's impossible to predict Because so many teams have three new imports If not two new imports And I think If you know your imports As I've said many times this year I think that's a big reason Why New Zealand are doing so well but they also do really well with the next, uh, so Rupert's going really well as well. I don't think it's a fait accompli that Sydney win this thing. And, and I, I kind of like New Zealand, actually. I kind of like New I think Zealand. New Zealand's going to finish
1: second. Yeah. see, we have to beat Cairns next Friday night, so I feel like New Zealand's going to win their last two, and Cairns will probably beat Adelaide on tomorrow, and then... Probably they'll have the better percentage in New Zealand. Yeah, they'll have the better percentage than Cairns, probably, yeah. So.
4: Well, and it's funny you say that because I think the Wildcats would actually fancy their chances most against Cairns and yeah, New Zealand because right. we've kind of had a good history against them in recent times.
2: That's the Webster brothers, though, I've seen that. Yep. But we've got to get
4: there first because the margin for error is really slim now after losing today. We'll have to pr- probably win both, at least one, definitely. The hope is that Sydney rest
1: players for the last game. They won't. I think they'll if they have a chance to knock us out. They will. Yeah. They will take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and fair play to them if that's yeah. if that's what they decide <laughs> to do.
3: Even I th- swear th-
5: th- to take the Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, he joins in the celebrations when <laughs> they win.
3: Did um did anyone else have any like pre-season things? Anything that you, you thought of pre-season that you would proudly say I picked that or or any big surprises any big maybe? Surprises. New yeah.
5: Zealand. I slept on them. We all did.
6: Yeah. People will come to enough but Baines was never going to be a powerhouse. It was always recovery season. It was always give a rehab. It was never going to take control. I don't think people realised that enough. Um, so, yeah, Brisbane, they did okay recruiting, but they're never going
0: to be strong. Joe, I don't know if you heard that from the back, but just talking about um, Baines not really dominating like people, including myself, thought he might. Um, what was his, what's his minutes these days, Joe?
5: 26. It's a, this, is, this is like the poem of the Brisbane Bulls. Baines plays under 25 minutes and the bullets take an L. That's just what they do. And it was really kind of, I don't know how many memberships they sold on, on the back of him and, you know, fair play to him, but they did nothing to manage expectation. Uh, they knew they were selling peddling a lie and uh, people, <laughs> some people on the panel bought it. And uh, it was, I thought it was irresponsible. And if that's where the bad blood's come and that's why they've had so many changes because they just sold such a, Uh, an exaggeration
4: I just wanted to give a shout out to statsman74 on on Twitter really good work on all the different permutations and possibilities for the playoffs so for those of you that are interested I would recommend you check that out does anyone have any other as we kind of wrap up any other questions or comments or anything they wanted to share while you had the last opportunity to do so why did Perth not get in this up? Great question. Why did Perth not get a next star? Yeah, we maybe should have asked Solomon about that one. <laughs> Do you have any insights,
5: Joe? My, I don't have any insights, but my suspicion would be they're two win-first. Uh, I think that next stars, and that's why there was this talk of LeBron James's son coming here. And I thought, well, the only team you could put him on to just boost his draft stock are the, are the Illawarra's of the world. A couple of these bigger teams have taken on players, but uh, with the new G League Ignite thing that's going on, and that that broadcast has been bought by Amazon, I believe. So. I just don't see where before it made money sense for the mellow ball and others. Um and it you know, the Wildcats money means nothing to them. They make it plenty already. So yeah, they're a win first team. So just not an extra. That's what that'd be my suspicion.
1: Oh, I think there's validity there. Mm-hmm. Nick. Yeah. I've
5: next
2: has finished up pretty well after this year.
1: Yeah, I, I think we're seeing the end of the Next Stars program, to be honest. Yeah, the system over in the US will bit to sort of finish it up. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you, you've got the overseas uh, elite or the G League. G League Ignite, G League. yeah. Um, and also in college, you've got the, the college players can now get uh, name and image rights right. and, and payments through that, so... I'd be surprised. I mean, I think is uh, coming back as a next star, third-year next star. Um, I'd be surprised if we see another one, to be honest. To me, the whole thing was
5: just a justification to sign those two guys initially. I never felt there was this real structure that was going to stand the test of time and players were going to come in and out. It was really just this powder cake to, to get those guys that they wanted. And now they've sort of tacked on a bit of Huckporty and he's quite a good player and Rupert, I suppose. But uh, no, I, I'm with you, Nick. I don't see it real strength and validity going forward i don't get it
4: well so liam santamaria's got that in his job description so it'll be interesting to see what he makes of it and and if it does if it is on life support or if it does continue to
1: I, i'd like to see maybe a fourth import but have it under a certain age they have an age restricted import slot maybe hmm. rather than just call it an X star and it just give the teams a bit more flexibility in how they can use that spot
5: or they've done time in MBO one andrew's idea yeah yeah, yeah. I like that. I agree. I like that. It was my
4: idea. Of course I like it. It's a great idea, <laughs> but it doesn't
1: favour the rich teams. Oh, That's, probably. that's the problem. Yeah, that is, is, yeah. It's not good for charity. Yeah. I, I think we should encourage teams to spend more because we're going to lose players to Japan, right? Mm. So, yeah, we need to pay players. Agreed. Any other questions or comments? Yeah, I've got one texting comment
4: here for someone who can make. A texting? Oh, <laughs> right <there, right>. Hey,
0: shout out
5: Ben, you'll hear this one. Um, quality of the refs holding back the league. Oh wow! Well. You know, oh a- oh shit! Yeah, oh, let's, <laughs> let's just <lose laughs> that category. can. I jump in? When Michael Allen picked out that foul call and Jack Jumper's free throws, like, like why do this? They, they they make calls in a vacuum. They don't think. There's no thought to this is an entertainment product uh yeah I, I, yeah they're bad full stop
0: yeah i think there's like three or four good good ones and then the rest are pretty average
1: can we train an artificial intelligence to, to do a better job <laughs> <laughs> Ref-G-B-T. Ref-G-B-T. <laughs> i think it's worthwhile of a research grant Yes.
4: <laughs> well, look, I try not to be too negative, but I think the refereeing has held back this competition for a long time and it's a shame and it's a, it's a hard job. <laughs> it's not one I would want to do and I do feel for the refs, but yeah. I do think it's one of the problems with this league, and, and, and I, but I also think rule interpretations too. I think the unsportsmanlike is out of control, I think it's, it's far too, they're way too quick on the trigger with that one. So we have a comment at the back. Yep.
3: Just an interesting one
0: then. I mean, the quality quality of the reps isn't great. Obviously, we've only got a few really good ones. Back in the day, it was only two reps. So is it worthwhile?
3: Quality over quantity
4: for a game. Well, that's interesting. Could we pay people more and have better refs if we only had two on the court?
3: Well, I mean, I I actually go, my my old man used to always talk about the the footy in the 70s when they had one umpire on the entire field, and he said the quality back then was a 100 times better than it is now. So (laughs) it, it could be. I think a little bit going back to your point about yeah the the way that they're interpreting rules. I mean the AFL's an absolute disaster with that sort of stuff, but there are a lot of a lot of those NBL rules as well. That it's like they're trying to find something different to to talk about or you know something to justify their existence.
0: I'd love to see some ex-players become referees,
3: like a Haywood Workman.
0: Yeah, yeah like you know if they, that, that's because I think that's what they lack. They lack feel for the game, having not necessarily played it at a high level. I think when you're when you've played it, you understand, oh, that's not really a foul. Or it is a foul, but it's inconsequential. And I think our referees are too robotic. They're too thinking about the, the rule book at all times. Yeah.
2: Well, sometimes there's no leniency for interpretation, like on those uh, unsportsmanlike calls. It's, it's just automatic if he's... Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's still within the play of the ball. And they, it's just because of the way it says it, in black and white on the piece of paper. Yeah.
0: And then there's FIBA accreditation they need to maintain and all that. So it's... And that's what I was just
4: about to bring up. So I think that paying two refs more for better quality, I think the FIBA thing might be the thing that maybe scuttles that because we hitch our wagon to FIBA and we have to... I don't like the possession error, for example. There's a few things that... But look, I am negative about umpiring all the time in the NBL. I will say something. So I think that the review system's been really poor and I think unfortunately there's been a lack of, what I would say, they don't want to admit fault, they don't want to admit that a ref's made the wrong call. And so they will look for like, oh, oh yeah I so saw a quarter of a fingernail there, still a foul. And, and that was something that was really holding the league back. But in the last couple of weeks and in the last few games I've known, even last night in the Brisbane Cairns game, I've seen that they are a little bit more willing to admit fault and overturn calls. So I'm hopeful, because that's, that's what I really like about the NFL. The NFL want to get it right. And they'll overturn calls, they'll overturn multiple calls in the same game if it means getting it right. Whereas in the NBL, uh, I think they try to protect the refs a little bit too much sometimes. And, and as I say, I'm hopeful that maybe they've started to realise, well actually, and forgetting that howler in the Adelaide-Brisbane game, that out of bounds, I still don't know how the hell that happened. Because it went to the replay booth and they still got it wrong. Forgetting that, forgetting that howler... I do think that hopefully they've started to realise that okay if a ref makes a bad call we're not going to protect them we need to get this right we're heading into playoffs here so
3: that's a rant
0: love it that was <laughs> a rant yeah. I had to finish with a rant. Good rant Yeah, yeah so so I think that probably brings us I think to the end of our episode it's an episode an episode each half yeah. an episode each yep. yeah I want to say on behalf and maybe Joe I'll get you to chime in in a minute I just want to say on behalf of the NBL Pocket Podcast team thank you for coming today and being a part of this it was a total stab in the dark and it's paid off because you guys have turned up so thank you
5: yeah i thank you to the especially the people that are still here also to those that came and have taken off i understand that and then also to the guys on the stage the were i'm over here i didn't do a lot i picked up the zoom call and would occasionally jump in the whatsapp group and say like yay keep going uh it was a heck of a lot of work Live events are very, very difficult. Even from this great distance, I've got this great appreciation for it. It was fantastic. I don't see why it can't be done again in the future. Uh, Just putting that out there now. And uh, yes, thank you to the guys on the stage. And I had a lot of fun. Boys? Nick, you
1: go first. So I want to thank everyone for coming. It would have been really awkward if there was nobody here. (laughs) So um, thanks very much. It's been good. Maybe we'll do it again.
3: Yeah, look, I mean, I obviously appreciate talking hoops with like-minded people. That's the big thing for me is it's an opportunity to, to get together. And, you know, obviously we have our own little community as like the, you know, the podcast people in, in Perth. But it's really great to talk to other people who appreciate and love the game that we've grown up loving as well. So, yeah, again, couldn't thank everyone enough for being here. It's, it's brilliant.
4: I echo Stewie's Sentiments. Thank you so much for coming along once again and for spending your hard-earned. We couldn't have done it without you. So we really appreciate it. Hopefully we can do it again. Thank you to Joe, I re-listened to the episode we did, would you believe it was December 2021? So it was a bit longer between drinks than we initially planned, but great to see you again and obviously we've stayed in touch. Great to, I I call these guys mates now and that's really important for me too. Fandom is such a cool part of sports, like-minded individuals like Stewie said, so great to meet new people. So please if you ever see us come up and say g'day, to quote the great man Nick Tan, see you at the games. But I also wanted to also thank my wonderful partner, Lindsay, who's been super supportive and you'll hear her voiceover on our podcast uh, most episodes and also my brother, Daniel, who does our sound and artwork as well. We put information in our podcast if you are interested in checking out his stuff. So a very big thank you to them. But thank you very much again, everyone for for joining us and it's it's been a lot of fun in spite of the loss.
0: (laughs) And subscribe to the podcast feeds and the YouTube channels. MBL Podcast, podcast, podcast. podcast. The The Sport Blokes, Nick Tans, Wildcat videos and go do some training at Full Court Fitness as well. Yes, absolutely. A big thank you to Adam. He's done a terrific-
5: Adam Westerhout. Yeah, Full Court Fitness. Adam was the tech genius. No, absolutely not.
4: He's he's been brilliant, really helpful, really supportive. And also the Backlot Perth, what a wonderful place this is. Uh, I would encourage people to book their own events here. Mm. Ian's been brilliant. Chris has been excellent today too. So yes, thank you very much. And thanks to Solomon for his time as well. Absolutely thanks to Solomon, our special guest. That was really insightful and good fun. So yeah, yeah, thank you everyone. So we'll see (laughs) if we can put the next game on.
0: (laughs) See what we can do.
4: Julie, sure you know what that music means? Final thoughts time.
3: Well, look mate, you know me and I know you. We love our basketball. Always always great to be talking basketball, especially with a group full of like-minded loving basketball fans just like the rest of us. We will be going back I guess to some some tennis and some cricket and some other bits and pieces over the next couple of weeks, but yeah, always great and such an amazing, amazing experience.
4: Oh, it really was. It couldn't have really gone much better for our first try. We did put our necks out, but it was really great. And don't worry, there'll be plenty of basketball to talk about next week too on the eve of the NBL Finals. Until next time, I'm Nate And I'm Stu. We are the Sport Sportplugs.